0: You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and today I've got Guy Cortan with me. Guy, welcome back. Matt, thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Now, we talk about a lot of topics on this show, a lot of them related to technology and transformation of the supply chain, the physical and the digital world. And trying to streamline your operations and keep things moving, keep your flow of goods and the flow of information and the flow of funds going so that everything runs as consistently as possible within the supply chain. No alarms and no surprises, please. But one thing we always talk about is disruptions. And often, you know, it's so easy to think of disruption as an act of God or, or a natural disaster, a factory fire, a ship sinking and breaking in half. I mean, we've seen all those examples As you know,
1: one of my favorites is that ship sinking and and snapping in half and just floating in the ocean for a couple of days on its own.
0: Right. And not the Titanic. We're not talking about people uh, hanging out on floating doors here. We're talking about, you know, big maritime disasters and things that, you know, you could never predict. But there's something else that we sometimes touch on, but probably not enough, and it's disruptions caused by another factor. Guy, do you want to introduce us to the idea of the human element?
1: Yeah, you know, Matt, it's one of those things where, you know, as we sit here in the beginning of 2019, I think we're seeing a number of examples of that very human-driven disruption. And it's not even human at, you know, uh, let's say we've seen this before, right? So a, a worker punches the wrong button on an order form, and instead of ordering You know, 10,000 widgets, you get 50,000 widgets or, you know, obviously people leaving things on in a warehouse and it's starting a fire or, you know, a whole host of things of that nature where at the micro level, the human obviously interacting with the supply chain can disrupt it. I think what we're looking at now is more at the macro level. So a couple of examples, I think the, the big ones for me, you know, why I think it's an interesting conversation to have right now is you're looking at. Some pretty big dates coming up, and the ones in particular I look at are, you know, March 29th of this year at 11 o'clock uh, U.K. time. That's when the United Kingdom is supposed to leave the European Union and, and what we all know now is Brexit. I look at uh, the date of like March 1st, right? That is supposed to be when a lot of these tariffs or this tariff war between the U.S. and China, the ceasefire, as they call it, sort of gets uh, taken off and then it's, it's full-blown trade warfare between those two nations. So you look at those dates, you look at what's happening in places like Venezuela, you know, a very oil rich nation like Venezuela, it's obviously having a lot of political issues due to human, you know, human interaction. Uh, and I look at, you know, back to my homeland, right? I go back to Paris and you look at uh, France in general, what's going on with these strikes every Saturday with the, what they're calling the Gilets Jaunes or the, the yellow Vests, and what it's doing in terms of disruption. So I think it's a, it's an interesting topic to dive into because I think, you know, we are experiencing really, I think, 2019, you know, we we all sort of wax in hyperbole here. We talk about, well, it's this has never been seen before. This is going to be a massive issue. But I think it truly is. 2019 is building up to be something in terms of supply chain and in terms of at the macro level, human disruption proving to be quite possibly a pretty seismic shift in in what's happening in the world of supply chain and i think that's what we need in our audience i think needs to constantly keep in mind because i think it's something whether you know you're in the automotive space or or retail and fashion space or food space or pharmaceutical space or oil and gas what have you you know this is going to impact you at some level so i think it's uh it's a really interesting topic for our audience to think about and to you know give it some serious thought about how their supply chain could be and will be and has been impacted already
0: right and and so I'll just say this: I'm the classic kind of person that you know wants to stay out of you know the drama, let's say. But a lot of these things you can't avoid, especially in a supply chain where it's global and depends on interacting with partners or suppliers or you know other people that are in these areas that are affected. What do you do, I guess, to ensure that that the business keeps going? In times when you don't know what's going to happen next.
1: You know, I think it's one of those things. I mean, we, you and I have talked about this uh, at length on these podcasts and just in person. And I think it's, it's the fascinating part of our business, right? Is, is that there is this uncertainty. And and as you mentioned in the, in the intro to this, you know, supply chains in and of themselves love uniformity, love consistency, what they all can't stand they hate they they really try to avoid is that unknown whether it's as you mentioned you know a, a god created thing where that that the oceans are angry like a like an old man returning a bowl of soup and it snaps that boat in half and your inventory gets stuck in the ocean and you never see it or uh, a volcano exploding in iceland but really this human aspect is another disruption that we can you know we need to keep in mind and i think what all supply chain professionals and, and really all of us in general need to do is to constantly remind ourselves, which, you know, it's a cliche, but it's sometimes we I think we do forget is that, you know, our supply chains, our businesses, our world really has become so intertwined, so global, so far reaching that, you know, even these disruptions, while we might say, well, Venezuela, like, you know, what, what does that bother me? Like, you don't realize the the knock on effect that can have the region and to a larger extent, the global supply chain. Obviously, the things like what's happening with China and the tariffs there, we know since a lot of our goods come from China, a lot of our goods are exported to China. We, I think, across a whole host of businesses, understand there's a massive impact. You know, I think you and I, are, or we did something where, you know, earlier or, or sometime last year, we were joking about that container ship that was trying to get to the, the port of Hong Kong, I believe, just in time to miss the tariffs. You know, and that's, we can sort of laugh at that. But at the same point, you realize what truly. Seismic impact this can have in terms of people's finances, companies' finances, things of that nature. So I think for for me when I look at this, I think it's the first part is just to have a, an awareness, right? To to be conscious of some of these disruptions that are, you know, we have to face on a daily basis, on a on a medium term basis, on a long term basis. I think the second part is something that I know we can constantly harp on, but I think it's worth you know talking about again. It's just this notion of constantly going back over your plan, constantly going back over contingencies, understanding what's happening in your network, in your supply chain, really sort of almost doing what what the Fed does with banks now after you know the the crash of a decade ago is is stress test your supply chain. Right. Understand what happens if if these tariffs go into effect, you know, with China and the United States, if they increase, right, the, the last numbers I read right now is about $250 billion with tariffs on Chinese goods. It could go up to another $267 billion. So that's half a trillion dollars worth of tariffs on Chinese goods. China's, you know, reciprocating with over $110 billion of tariffs on U.S. goods. So what happens on March 1st if there is no agreement? You know, what happens to your supply chain? What happens to your suppliers? What happens we're looking at Brexit now? You know, what happens, you know, we're we're seeing things such as a hoarding of medicine by the uh, NHS, the UK Medical Society, right, to, to hoard medicine in case medicine no longer flows in from the European Union once Brexit happens, if there is no deal. So what can you do from a supply chain standpoint to prepare yourself to understand where your vulnerabilities might be? And also understand where there might be opportunities, right? Can you be flexible enough? Can you have the foresight to identify where there could be opportunities for you to, let's call a spade a spade, take advantage of this disruption as well, right? Because I think there is opportunity there for supply chains, not only to be resilient to disruption, but take advantage of disruption.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that hard times always call for innovation or spark some reinvention that caused to do something differently. With the show being kind of, you know, the core of it being on, on, you know, how technology and supply chain meet, what are the ways that a company can prepare itself digitally, either across its supplier network, or with how it manages inventory and the movement of goods to handle these potential changes? And, you know, maybe some of these changes won't happen, right? But to be ready,
1: yeah. And I think it's again, it's it's one of those things. I think you and I have, have preached this too, right? I think technology is incredibly important to help solve these problems, but it's also not a magic bullet, right? Technology is not some panacea that you're gonna, you know, wave the the magic technology wand and all your ills will be gone. But it's absolutely a, an important tool. And I think the the first step and i think listeners to our podcast will will know what's coming but i think it's true to reiterate this our first step is just to constantly drive to more granular more real-time visibility in what's happening in your network and what that means is truly understanding you know all the corners of your network and what your supply chain needs or how you rely on your supply chain to get your product to market so for example you know if you are a pharmaceutical company and you have a big business in in england do you understand? You know where you're sourcing your your drugs from. Do you understand what the process is to get them into the country? Do you understand? You know what the shelf life is, right? Can you f- can you front store some some products and you front load some products in terms of, you know, forward positioning of of inventory so that if there is an outage, you have some safety stock put in its place. You know, if you're a, a fast fashion retailer, same thing. Do you know where you're sourcing? Some of your products, your cotton, your manufacturing process, how big is your market in in the U.K., for example? You know, do you need to rethink how your distribution strategy goes in terms of your warehousing? You know, I talked to one customer a few months ago who currently does all their European distribution out of one distribution center in Manchester, England, and they're having to go back and reconsider, you know, do we have to start looking at putting some kind of D.C. on mainland Europe? And split our inventory between these two DCs. You know, if they have visibility, they need to understand well, what percentage of product do they need to put in, in mainland Europe then from this DC in Manchester? You know, so understand that visibility, understand the exposure. I think that's the first and foremost where technology and digitization can truly help. I think the second part is, you know, we have all this information, all this data, you know, we we have too much of it, right? We always joke that it's we're inundated with data. But I think it's taking some of that information, some of that data, and to start to ask the right questions of it. And I think this is where you're gonna see, you know, other people tout artificial intelligence and deep machine learning and things like that, which are all great, but it's what do you what do you do with it? You know, how do you look at something like this and ask your data the the hard questions and hope that it can give you some, not necessarily some answers, but I'd say some options. So what I mean by that is I don't believe that you're going to just ask the data questions and it's going to come back with, well, you should do this. I think what, what we should expect is they'll say, well, you could do X, Y, or Z. Here's you know the impact if you make these decisions. Now it's up to you as the human to make the best decision for your supply chain. I think when we have these kinds of disruptions happening, disruptions that might happen, disruptions that we don't know what the impact will be, I think it's an opportunity to leverage the amounts of data. And why is that important? Because we can maybe run some simulations, maybe try to figure out, you know, if I were to close off this market, let's say United Kingdom, from Europe and impose tariffs like it were 30 years ago, et cetera, you know, what would that look like? You know, how would that impact my supply chain? How would it impact my costs? How would it impact my margins? How would it impact my my market share in general? And run those kinds of simulations based off of data and based off of you know, smarter intelligence in terms of algorithms to try to determine what might happen. So I think those are those are two of the big areas that, you know, digitization can help. And I think there's a third one where it doesn't get as much attention, but I think in the sense of leveraging digital for better communication. What I mean by that is, you know, one of the things that, you know, we at times tend to forget with these disruptions and this might sound too snowflakey of me, but it's, you know, there's people involved in this. What I mean by that is, you know, you've got labor, whether it's in your warehouse, your transportation, manufacturing, your distribution, but you've also got customers. You've also got employees, right? How do you leverage the digital aspect of communication to better coordinate, make them understand what's happening, understand where there's going to be issues faster, and use that communication tool to, to hopefully navigate through these waters a little bit faster than, than otherwise?
0: All right, Guy, thanks for your, for your input. I guess really quickly, one thing that kind of comes to mind here as we close out, but you've alluded to this a little bit and how you know folks might be preparing in, in Britain or in other areas, and it's with extra inventory, either stockpiling inventory or you know saving up for a rainy day. Is that ever going to be a truly sustainable strategy <laughs> with dynamic supply chains that have to keep moving?
1: Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny you mention that because one of the things I didn't mention, but you brought it up, and I think it's a good point, is, you know, I've heard also a lot of talk of f- a lot of forward buying of inventory because of this U.S.-China trade war where people are just stockpiling inventory. So it's it's kind of, you know, back to the future, right? It's it's uh, We're always trying to get rid of safety stock, and all of a sudden now where there's a potential for some disruption, people are actually just, you know, piling up the safety stock for that very reason. That's, you know, it's a reason why it's called safety stock. Yeah, I, I think... Matt at some level, that tried and true you know course of action in supply chains will never truly go away i don 't care how digital we get, how predictive we get, how much visibility we have. We always know that that nothing is perfect, that the system itself is going to be prone to breakdowns, and that at the end of the day the in a way the velocity of the way business is going, the delays you know, as short as they can become are still very painful from a standpoint of moving products. So we might actually want to continue to build safety stock at some levels because things move so quickly that the disruptions we can't afford even less so today than we could 10, 15, 20 years ago to live through if we don't have some kind of buffer built into our system. But I think it's it's one of those, you know, we're we're always trying to get that buffer down as low as possible. Why? Because it's working capital. And if we can free up that working capital, there's so much more we think we could do with that money, which is true. But I think we always run into this fear of, okay, what happens if, you know, come March 1st, there's a massive trade war that breaks out between the U.S. and China? What if, you know, Brexit does not have a deal in in, at 11 o'clock on March 29th? There is a hard Brexit and the UK drops out of the EU with no, you know, no deal done. What happens then? We don't know. These are unknowns, right? Even, you know, we could say, well, we know if there's a volcano that blows up in Iceland, we know it's going to disrupt these routes of airplanes and this and that. With these human created interruptions of our supply chain, we don't know what the outcome's going to be. We don't know what the unintended consequences is. So I think there's a, there's a you know, going back to sort of a try and true strategy of saying, well, as long as I have you know, a month's worth of inventory on hand, I can survive. I can weather the storm. I might take a hit on my finances, but you know what? My, my production line won't stop because I have no inventory. So I think there's, a, there's an interesting uh, sort of back to the future happening when it comes to uh, the way we look at safety stock and buffer and all that, those good old practices we we were trying to minimize with technology.
0: All right, Guy, thanks for your thoughts on this. I'm sure this is a conversation that we will be carrying on in future episodes. As you said, seems that 2019 is going to be a uh, crucial year for these types of changes a lot of things are going to have to happen in the supply chain Keith thanks as always for joining this has been an episode of supply chain radio i'm matt gunn find us on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast network